My Mum Made Me, the show about the wonderful and sometimes the weird ways in which our mums make us who we are today. Confidence is such an important thing for people. And I know that sounds like a really obvious thing to say. Um, We all know that too much of it is not a good thing and and too little of it is neither a good thing either. And and sort of we have this Goldilocks approach, I guess. But, you know, that kind of betrays that there's different types of confidence. And really fundamentally, you know, the best type of confidence in, in my book is the one that comes from within. Do you believe in yourself? And are you kind of happy and confident with who you are? And that's something we explore with Rochelle. Rochelle's confidence if you want to put it that way, was really brought to the fore or the question of it when she participated uh, and got pretty far in a BBC TV show called Interior Design Masters with Alan Carr. And, you know, this is partly sort of to do with the editing and, and sort of the show's narrative, but, you know, her confidence in herself and her work was a huge, huge thing. And, and you know, Alan Carr kept on mentioning it and loads. And what was interesting talking about, you know, Rochelle's sense of confidence with her was the impact her mum has had on that. You know, her mum is a hugely confident woman, you know, really sort of strong, a lot of backbone. And, you know, Rochelle told me about how she would always encourage Rochelle to be like that as well. But, you know, some things were holding her back. Some things didn't necessarily translate. And that's kind of a big part of what we talk about with Rochelle on today's episode. Rochelle, Rochelle, how have you been? I'm fine, thank you. And what have you been up to today? Anything exciting? Just working. Okay. But yeah, I'm um, on the come down from IDM. Interior Design Master. Well, we should talk about that because you held the nation's hearts in your hand <laughs> for a brief few weeks. Uh, how was it? It was a journey. I mean, it's been a whole year. It's a year since we started filming. No. Yeah, so you really feel all the time since we've come out from the final, which was filmed in September. Hmm. We came out July, I think. And yeah, all those months are just like anxiety. Mm. And then it finally comes out because you don't know how you're going to be edited. Yeah. And then... Are you happy with how you're edited? Yeah, I think so. Though I think everyone thinks I'm a quivering mess and like (laughs) very unconfident. But the show did give me a bit more confidence. Of course. Well, look, you've given me a wonderful excuse or segue to start talking about your mom we're going to come back to idm i didn't realize that insiders referred to it as that (laughs) i guess if you know you know but the obvious question to ask is you know your portrayal as you said was someone who was just sort of sparky bubbly super talented but you know might not have had the confidence that you you want or perhaps now have would your mum say that if she'd watched it and presumably she did yeah mum was like crying and frustrated I think because oh. she's dealt with me being like this my whole life and she doesn't see why because obviously every mother thinks that their child is perfect and yeah. should be confident my mum from when I was probably in high school was always like stand up straight walk with your head high you know oh. come on like mum was really big at like trying to boost our confidence yeah. or my confidence for sure so I think when she saw me break down crying, she was a bit like, oh no. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think everyone else. But yeah, she was just like, no. When I told her that there was going to be a little bit in the ad that was showing me crying, she was like, no. What was it that tipped you over the edge? (laughs) On that particular Mm. one, it was just that everything was going so wrong. And I had loads of mold in my room, a lot of things that you just don't know are going to happen. And going there, you literally have, I'd say, about 16 hours. They say it's two days, but 
you're being stopped all the yeah, time. Yeah. So for me, I was just starting to feel it was the second week and everyone else just seemed so much better than me. And I think that's always been my issue throughout life. I'm always like, oh, like I'll go in there trying, like all yeah. guns blazing and then something happens and I'm like, oh, but everyone's better. And they're told that they're better than me. So, so your mum was someone who, as you say, like try to instill this inner sense of self-confidence in mm. you. What is sort of different from, I guess, what she's given you in terms of this sort of like love, but also like support and maybe some tough love and, you know, your kind of sense of confidence now? I think my mum is like my biggest fan. Hmm. So, I mean, recently we've been having a lot of conversations, a lot of Saturday mornings, me having a slight meltdown and her really installing like, no, you've got this and when it's your time, it's your time. Do you hmm. see what I mean? And I think she's always been like that. Wherever I get my unconfidence from, I don't know. I just think that's my own meltdown. Are you, to quote His Majesty RuPaul, are you your own worst enemy? Do you have an inner saboteur, do you think? Absolutely. A hundred percent I have an inner saboteur. Like, yeah, I just, I don't know where it is. Though I suppose also, as much as I'm saying my mum really, like, boosts us, I think there's an element of her that isn't and hasn't always been as confident. Mm. She, what do you mean? Well, she was a single mum and she was kind of like left in a really awful situation. I'd say the age that I am now is about 35 with two young children, husband gone and just in really, really bad, not bad conditions, but just left without mm. all their money and stuff like my dad took that really long story. Okay. But this woman kind of carried on being really strong, mm. but I to. think she had to yeah. be, but I think like anybody, when something like that happens, someone you love betrays you, they leave you and you've got these two children. Yeah, you have to try and like, it's either sink or swim. But at the same time, it's going to take something from you. And like my mum was amazing at making cakes and decorating cakes. Okay. And she's an get, amazing cook. Where you get all this design. Where I get the from, design. Yeah. yeah, I think a bit of both of them actually, both mum and dad, I got the kind of design flair from, but Every birthday, my mum would say to us, what do you want? Like, what's the theme this year? <laughs> she would make us like, I had a little mermaid cake. I had oh, a wow. zig and zag cake. I had a Pocahontas cake. And she'd really go all out with the decoration of this cake. Wow. And we used to always be like, mum, like, you should have your own, like, catering thing. Like, yeah. and you're so good at cooking. And she never did it. And I think inside she would want to, but there was just something in her that probably wasn't, do you think she would now? No, no. My mum's like nearly 70 now. Oh, wow. And um, I think she's just age. like, yeah, I think she just needs to chill, to yeah, be fair. fair. Yeah, But um, And are you still demanding Little Mermaid birthday cakes every year? No. Well, the thing I'm upset about is at <laughs> Christmas, she used to make us these crackers. So yeah. she'd get like the old bit from the toilet roll. Yes, yeah, yeah. And we'd get like... As we got older, we'd get like maybe money or a lottery ticket and a piece of jewellery. And then she just decided randomly, like, I'm not doing that anymore. You guys are too old. And I'm devastated at that. I'm yeah. bring back the cracker. I know. My, <laughs> I've got to say, my mum, and thank you for showing that, my mum has got like exponentially better with buying gifts. The older I get, the more gifts she buys. Oh, wow. Which is actually quite nice because when we were kids, it would be like a pencil. <laughs> now it's like, oh, I've bought you a year's supply of Nespresso oh, and wow. 40 pairs of happy socks. And like, yeah, she's just very generous. Coming back to your mum, now we should, of course, ask, what is 
her name? My mum's name's Edwardine, but we call her Dean. Dean. Yeah. Oh, Edwardine's <laughs> such a beautiful name as well. Yeah, it's very unusual. I haven't actually met another Edwardine. Yeah. So, yes, but we call her Dean. Gorgeous. And can you paint us a visual picture of Edwardine or Dean? She is a very beautiful woman. She's quite small and petite. I think everyone looks at me because I'm like a larger black lady. I think everyone thinks that my mum's this like big round like mama kind of thing. <laughs> like, like this Caribbean mama that's got this Caribbean accent. And my mum's so far from it. Like no she's got a bit of a high-pitched voice. She's like, hello. <laughs> and she's got a slight, I mean, we grew up in East London, yeah. Essex. My mum came here when she was nine, I think. Where did she come from? She came from Barbados. Wow. Yeah. So she never had the accent like mm. yeah so she's a tiny fair-skinned little petite woman okay. <laughs> she's not I mean I'm like much taller and larger than her <laughs> and, and how does, so like when I think you've painted me a beautiful wonderful kind of mental picture but when I think of like tiny petite little Dean I think I ascribe certain like personality characteristics to that yeah as someone who's like humble loving meek but it sounds like she's got this real sort of sense of backbone as well right yeah don't mess around with oh, Dean no. no she'll oh, give God. it to you yeah. <laughs> good and like... <laughs> <laughs> no but do you know what my nan who was a larger lady or a curvier lady I'd say but she was still short and petite me I get my height from my dad okay. so my nan was just this loving person it doesn't matter how much you hurt her or anything she'd always be there mm. and that was exactly my mum just kind of mm. mirrored that they were like best friends and the thing I love about my mum that she got from my nan is this open heart open home oh. we had an open home which was just the best thing anyone can give like somebody growing up because where all our friends were like, you know, we can't go back to my house. Well, my mum was like, no, you can come back she here. Was baking them cake. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, well, everyone used to come to ours for a second Christmas dinner. They'd always <laughs> come to Dean's. For so, like, most of my friends and my sister's friends, they used to all live like pretty much like yeah. a few blocks around. So we were all used to walk mm. to each other's houses. Christmas like evening, everyone's coming for seconds. At no my way. Mom's. Yeah, everyone's in her pot. That is <laughs> she sounds like a fantastic cook as well. She's an ama amazing cook. So we just had this really lovely, like, she's always like, oh, well, like, doesn't think it's anything. But for me, it's one of my favourite things about growing up that our house was the place to be. Mm. Everyone wanted mm. to be at our house. And my mum had this thing of, I'll be upstairs mm. And I know that if anything happens, yeah. I know where your mum lives, your mum yeah. lives, I know where you all live, and I'm the responsible and adult just let here. Just get on with it. Just let us get on with it. So you'd have like a cheeky drink sometimes yeah. as we got a bit older, like, yeah. yeah, 17, 18, we used to probably raid her booze cupboard a bit too much. And did she, how did she react? Was she kind of a little bit more relaxed by that? She point? was cool. Yeah. She was, uh, and my sister probably would be like, oh, well, she was all right when I got older. Like, <laughs> I was the second child, you <laughs> okay. know. Okay. But Makeda's friends, my sister, my older sister, they were also allowed to, like, mm. hang around or be with us. But, yeah, there was always someone, people yeah. in our house, always our friends in our house, and... I loved that. And I think if I ever do have children, I would love to do the same thing. I want to have that open yeah. home where everyone feels welcome. 
Don't get me wrong. We had some wrong and friends. You oh, know, no. your mum's always like, don't like that one. She and you're sussed like, it out early on. Yeah. You know, I don't, mums have a stiff sense, yeah, oh I God, think. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, you're like, oh, they're like, mm, I'm not sure about that. You're like, but they're my friend. They're my <laughs> best friend. And then like and two weeks later, like, yeah, you're like, oh, that girl, well, this guy's been really mean oh, to me. And mum's like, mm. And a few times, probably a few things stolen from her purse because we picked wrong ones. But she knew their mums and I bet <laughs> yeah. she, she gave hell, didn't she? Yeah, or she didn't know their mums, but she was like, they're not coming back here yeah, again. Yeah, no, fair enough. So, fair <laughs> she was clearly very trusting and placed a lot of faith in, sorry, a lot of trust in you and your siblings. Yeah. I'm interested, how do you think that shaped you? You've obviously, it sounds like you've got a very, still a very close relationship with her, but when you were young and you had that trust from your mum... What do you think that's sort of caused in you today? Are you quite sort of trustworthy and open and friendly with people? Yeah, too much probably. No. Because I still get really hurt because oh. I have that same, like, I'd let anyone in. And one thing she did say to me recently, I felt like I've been hurt a few times. And my mum's like, you trust before anyone earns, like, you don't let them earn trust. They're trusting you kind mm. of thing, sorry. Or you don't let them earn enough to let you open that you just straight away you're like come on you know when you do anything wonderful thing there i mean what like it's you describing yourself like that warms my heart because it's so wonderful to think that there are people like you in the world and clear that there are who are just so open to receiving people however they come yeah which i mean like not that this is giving you an advice but don't be yourself up about it it sounds like a wonderful character trait yeah no it is and one thing i'm trying not to learn especially after like say being hurt recently that i don't start to become cold or mm. closed off because my mum and my nan gosh it's happened to them so many times mm. as well because they had this loving open heart open home mm. But it didn't stop them from continuing to love people or go on to, like, you know, let people in. Like, we live in London and it's really rare actually now that you meet other people that are originally from London. Mm. There's a lot of people who have come from somewhere else, somewhere else in the UK. Yeah. Mm. And when I see those people, I become friends with them. Mm. I'm always like, my house is your house. And, you know, I'd like. Not take them in. You're but... taking in the London orphans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the London orphans. Well, I just feel like I lived in Bangkok for a little bit. And though my dad was there, it wasn't my home. Yeah. And the people that I met there that really yeah. made me feel welcome were those people who were just like, yeah, I see like you're out here. And Do you think your sister, your friends, people you're closer than who know you would recognise that shared trait between you and your mum? Yeah, I think definitely our family, like our close family and some of our friends that do know both of us will definitely, definitely see that there's the same kind of vibe. I just think that mum was probably, mum's got to that age now that she sees people. Like she yeah. really, she's a good judge of character. And I'd say, I was, but I've just kind of got a bit like blurry eyed. Oh, in the in the way. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so she, let's take a step back because she, you know, and thank you for sharing it again. She had a knock in her life mm-hmm. when, you know, parents separated or your dad left. How did she as an individual bounce back from that? She's obviously like, you know, really sort of got strong backbone and she's helping you and your siblings. But what about her? How did she change it for all? And how did she kind of form her new self? I don't know, you know. I still look back at it, especially when I'm now at the age that she was at when she was going through all of this. And I still am like, how did you do this Mm. kind of thing? 
I think she lent a lot on my nan. Mm. Really good family and really good friends that really helped her step up. And I think when you have children, which she keeps reminding me <laughs> of, that when you have children, you have to deal with heartbreak and pain very differently. Like you have to stay mm. strong mm. for them. And I think that we probably as her children pulled her through and then on the other side of that she's learnt a lot that she then brings yeah. back to tell us like it's you know. a virtuous circle and she's yeah. got stuff from you just being wonderful children yeah not that i'm not saying it doesn't, doesn't sound <laughs> like you're the best behaved all the time but you know the joy of just being children mm -hmm. and the sort of innocence that goes along with it as well i ask all my guests this question dean who would play her in a biopic of her life who would your answer be, but also who would her answer be? Who would she like No, to do you know what I asked her? And it's so funny that we both said the same. So it was Angela Bassett. Mm. He plays Tina Turner yeah. in the I Can Turner movie like years ago. But yeah. yeah, and I think just because she has that, she gives off that strength and that resilience. But again, she's like a little petite lady. Yeah. But she like packs a punch, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, I think we were both on the same page, which is mad. It's <laughs> really interesting that you both like came to the yeah the same conclusion yeah. really quickly. And not to ask too personal a question, but like, you know, what sort of biopic would it be? Is it a story of kind of like triumph over adversity? Is it, you know, exploring her kind of like emotional development? What story do you think would she would like to be told about herself? I feel like probably her emotional mm. development. I think, you know, like my mum is so kind and friendly and the one thing I think I get from her is like we walk down the street and be like hi like we'll say hi to anyone if you see yeah. what I mean and I think there's this bubbly kind of teenager that grew up in Reading and set up the first like black youth club wow. that still goes now like wow. 50 years on and then there's this woman who's like gone through life and fallen in love and whatever and then the heartbreak and the hurt yeah. And all the emotions. And then, as we said, like bouncing back from it. Yeah. So, like, I'd love to see her story actually. What a story. Out. Let's write it, Rochelle. Yeah, I think we should. We'll do it. And right. I think it shows you that I know it sounds really corny, but no matter what things throw at you yeah. in life, as long as you've got good friends, family, and love around you, you will always get through it and you will still come out fighting and you'll still be stronger. That is such a wonderful kind of like thought. And obviously your mum is living proof. I want to tell you a little bit about my mum. So she is called Teresa and she didn't used to be very sort of like tech savvy. In fact, she still isn't. But she has mastered and absolutely loves the WhatsApp voice note. Oh. So she'll send a regular WhatsApp voice note, mainly on a Friday. Don't ask me why. And for this podcast, I was sort of scrolling. I've starred quite a lot of them because they're very sweet and some of them are a bit crazy. But I was scrolling back through and this one is from, I think, May last year. But I'll just play it for you. And I'm not going to tell you sort of why she sent it or what it's about, but I kind of want to get your reaction. Hi, thank you for your lovely message. How are you today? How's your bank holiday weekend going? And I had a thought. Oh. When you purchase your shed, Lemon's the cat, by the way. Okay. And I don't know if you can hear the sort of classical music in the background. Oh, yeah. Well, she, I think she actually puts it on in the background and then sort of like, what's up voice? <laughs> so there's like background music. <laughs> so it's like proper yeah. professional. It's She's really like, sort of, yeah, Teresa's thought of the day. Exactly. Your shed. Better. Right. <laughs> to keep things in, for you to keep things in. It is... An 
article where things are kept. It is an article where things are kept. Thank you, Mom. Article where things are kept. Ago, you need something to put in it to make it more correct as a present. <laughs> as you are the person in love with the gardening. She's going to get to her point right. soon. We hope. We Dean, hope. Dean does the same thing. Oh, worry. bless her. <laughs> they, they do spin a yarn. Yep. As an amazing love with the DIY, please, and if you want, you can call it part of your birthday present, oh. a lawnmower for your lovely lawn. Bless her. <laughs> Bless her. The lawnmower Wait, for my we, lovely lawn. Can we go back? Yeah. So was the shed already purchased and built? The shed had not been purchased, but right. my mum, bless her, had put money in my bank account for said shed. Oh, right. And so we've got the shed, but we need items to go in it. We need items to go in it. And the she's, she said the lawnmower. Yeah. Right. And, and I think I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't actually think she ever saw the lawn by that point. So she obviously had this wonderful mental picture of our garden. It was horrendous. It looked like a sort of World War II bombsite. <laughs> And she's like, she doesn't have a shed, have a lawnmower, have a swing. Like, bless her. That is so cute. It's she's so had it all planned out. She really has. There's a little bit more. I want you to hear how she mm -hmm. ends her WhatsApp voice notes. And I know you will choose the most carbon smallest footprint lawnmower. That's a technical term. The carbon smallest footprint lawnmower. <laughs> it does everything. Without using too many of the Earth's carbon things. Right. Oh, I love you. Bye. And she always oh ends it with the, the kind of really expressive, dramatic kiss. Oh, my God. That really melts my heart. Do you want her to send you a voice I note? I do. I okay. really, I want Teresa's Friday voice note. Shall I? Teresa's thought of the day. <laughs> I've just been thinking about your lawn. I really want to hear from her. Can you give her my number? Uh, I, I'm actually I, not joking. Uh, no, absolutely. <laughs> she would absolutely love that. But what music would you ask her to play in the background? No, I want what she's picked. I don't want to prescribe this. I want her to have this. Like, I love the fact that she's got classical music in the background. She's yeah. just sitting there with Lemon and she's going through the paper. She's yeah. read this article yeah. and then she's like, Teresa's thought of the day. <laughs> and there's just some beautiful, I don't know, Beethoven or something playing in the background. Yeah. It's, defi it's, a, it's definitely a vibe. It is a vibe. It's her vibe. Um, I want some of it. Well, I'm on a mission now to start a movement of mums that send their children WhatsApp voice notes. So maybe you could share it with Dean and you can get Dean to start. Would she be into that sort of she stuff? She hasn't quite got into the voice notes mm. yet, which I've left her a few. Okay. But she hasn't quite got into that. She does like to send me some funny videos. Like when I was down the other day, she sent me some video of this. I feel like it was this lady who came down the aisle with like dressed as an old granny, yeah. but with no trousers on. She's had her pants and a jacket on. She's hitting the groom and she's like, it should have been me. It should have been me. Like that. And she's like, I hope this bit cheers you up. So she loves sending a little video or two. Yeah. But she hasn't got on the voice note. You mentioned that she is obviously, you know, there to kind of pick you up when you're down and you sound really close with her. How much of the kind of the dynamic between the both of you has changed in the sense that, you know, she was the parent, still is the parent and you were the child. Is that sort of like balanced? Do you find yourself kind of like sort of almost parenting her now? 
No, you can't parent Dean. Oh. Like my sister lives with her at the moment and she's going to be moving out. But, you know, she had to have this cataracts operation the mm. other day. And literally the next day she's got like one patch over the eye, but she wanted a coffee. And my sister caught her going down the stairs and she's like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I was just going to put the kettle on. <laughs> and she was like, get back to bed. She's like, okay. <laughs> but normally it's really hard to yeah. like, you know, even if you try to take over cooking or something, you just got to get in there. So no, there's, <laughs> I'm still very much the child. Okay. <laughs> That's quite a nice position to be in though. Yeah, no, it is. But she's fiercely independent. Don't try and mess with her, mm. you know. <laughs> And you said, and I absolutely believe you from everything that you've told me about Dean, that she's a really good judge of character. I've got to ask, how will she judge me? I think she'd love you, Paul. Oh, she? Yeah. I really want to meet her. She would, no, we need to do like a dinner. Her and Teresa, make sure the lawn's cut. <laughs> and then, and we'll have them come along. And she'll bring you all the food. My mum's a feeder. Oh, she's she? like her mum. They love to feed. What's their sort of go-to dish? Oh, God. Well, the thing is, we have Caribbean families normally on a Sunday have the most carbolicious dinner. Mm. So it's normally a mix between English and Caribbean. Mm. So you'd have like a mac and cheese, you'd yeah. have rice and peas, but you also have a Yorkshire pudding and you'd still have, and you'd have roast potatoes and you'd have some curry goat and then you'd have a roast meat. So it's like a proper feast. It's obviously full of carbs. That is absolutely amazing. So she'd probably do that. I'd say that's her go-to. I love that. It actually reminds me, and I want to share this with you because, I mean, this is the wonderful thing about doing this podcast is you get to hear from other people stories that sound so kind of like familiar and redolent of my own childhood. This is one of actually about my dad. So my dad is Iranian, grew up in Iran, raised Muslim, came over here like when he's sort of 20 odd. And I don't think he ever quite got the idea of Christmas. You know, obviously he understood like the religious significance of it, but you know, like the cultural significance mm -hmm. of it in the UK and like other countries in Europe and whatever. And also sidebar, Iranians have a very funny way of pronouncing it. So instead of saying Christmas, he will say Kiristemas. Oh, wow. So he'll be like, Merry Kiristemas. I'll be like, thanks dad. But my mum, for lots of different reasons, we never saw her on Christmas day. And it sounds a bit sort of like dramatic. It wasn't that dramatic, but she's very community spirited and also quite religious mm -hmm. even though she's very radical and she on for christmas eve christmas day and boxing day would go away and work in a homeless shelter nice. and sort of stay over there and you know just so basically she could you know help people who needed help mm. and so it was left to my dad to do christmas now bearing in mind <laughs> like he doesn't really kind of like get it yeah and so christmas was a little bit sort of like kind of bastardized version of whatever he thought it was there was one year and i remember it really clearly we weren't that young either he'd obviously done it a few times where he basically forgot like he forgot to get a tree and food and presents and so i remember we went to asda he went to the plant section this is back when like supermarkets used to have like plant sections yeah and he bought like i think it was like a yucca plant yeah the last box of baubles they had a chicken and some bread and we were raised vegetarian, so the chicken was for him. Right. So we had some like bread and vegetables and rice, and then we had to hang baubles on this yucca plant. <laughs> and it was the most like Iranian kadistamas <laughs> you could ever like. But like, it's sort of like, it's I amazing how that. those cultures combine and your yeah. mom's sort of like Sunday kind of like, it's not really a roast. What is it? It's sort of like a big meal. A massive meal. It's a carbolicious roast yeah. dinner. Oh. But there's definitely roast meat in there. It's just... 
it's like English and the Caribbean have to be mm. like on one. So mum would always get up early on a Saturday morning or even a Sunday morning. And she would have, or she seasoned her meat the day before, so Saturday. And then Sunday morning, she's cooking, she's in the kitchen. And then, you know, like a kind of lunch dinner is what we'd be having on a Sunday. So everyone knew where to be. And are you, are you big on cooking? I do like cooking. But I think it's I'm, not your thing. I mean, I feel like I go in waves. Okay. You know, like right now, I'm more of a like get some frozen itsu dumplings and oh, yeah. be done with it. Don't we all? But if I've got people around me, or like when I was with my ex, like I would like to cook a meal. Mm. I've really enjoyed cooking. I like cooking for other people. Mm. So I'm very much like my mum in that way. We love to like, we just like to host and. When we host, we host with the most. And I, <laughs> I bet. You don't do things by halves, No, no, absolutely not. There'll be food for days. People go home with food. Oh, God. I need to get an invite. <laughs> what, what other ways are you a little bit different from your mum? Like, how far has the apple fallen from the tree? How different am I from my mum? I don't know, actually. I'm probably a bit more of a daredevil than she is. Oh, how so? Go so, on. No, I probably shouldn't. No, I'm not actually. <laughs> no I think I'm just more maybe I'll push boundaries a lot more than my mum would yeah. in some way and I think and that's probably what I've learned from her not pushing certain boundaries right. I'm like no I'm just gonna go for that well but, you got on the telly on a national competition <laughs> tv program that is definitely pushing a boundary yeah for sure it's definitely stepping out of your comfort zone but Absolutely. you know her brother actually was one of the main reasons i even did that show okay. so it wasn't that wasn't necessarily me being like i'm gonna go for this i'm like let me do it to shut him up because he's, <laughs> he's telling me that he's applied but yeah but actually to go out and be like yeah, I'll just do it, is something my mum would never have done. And I bet she's so bursting with pride. Like, that is clear. In a few words, how would she describe Alan Carr? Me? How would I describe... Oh, well, how would she? Or how, how would she? describe him? I think she obviously should say he's funny. Yeah. She'd say he's lovely. And she'd probably be like, thank you for taking care of my daughter. Mm -hmm. As in... He made us all feel so welcome. And I think he was just really sweet to me personally. Yeah. I found him really like when I left the words of encouragement and, you know, just the support was actually really lovely. And the fact that he continued to talk about me as after the show had aired and stuff like that. Like if he's on anything, he always mentions yeah. my mould to gold. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's really sweet. And I think my mum would thank him for that because yeah. it was part of it being a positive experience for me yeah. so. and your catchphrase on the show one of your catchphrases was champagne taste lemonade money <laughs> if dean was thrown a party would it be champagne or lemonade oh it would be champagne probably but she would She's know fancy. how to do well you know champagne taste lemonade money came from dean <laughs> really? yeah of course it did she stole it from She's, her yeah she well she used to use it to describe me she's like oh rochelle your champagne taste with your lemonade money and i'm like <laughs> yeah, yeah i am yeah yeah, there's a few sayings that came from her. Like, she's always like, one of her words of advice is, well, you know, Rochelle, if you can't ride a horse, you ride a cow. <laughs> that probably came from Joan, my nan. But yeah, and so I use that quite a bit as well. So basically, like, if one thing doesn't work, yeah. you find the alternative, yeah. you go with it. And okay. It. <laughs> what cows have you recently ridden? Is that of interest? I mean... <laughs> My word. version of riding cow is when like, my paint spray gun breaks and I've had I had to go resort back to using a roller. Oh yeah. But you know, like things like Animal that. Animal digital welfare. <laughs> yes. 
Naturally. <laughs> Final question from me before we wrap up. You've also told Dean that you're doing this today, which is wonderful because not everyone does. I actually only recently told my mom that I was doing this and she's yet to listen to an episode. So we'll reveal that later. But if she, she will eventually, but if she heard the things that you were saying about her today and the wonderful way you've described her, how do you think she'd react? Would she sort of like give you a big squidgy hug? Like what would be her kind of, you know, the way she took it? I think she'd be flattered. But she'd also be like, oh, like a little bit embarrassed, I think. But she'd be like, oh, well, well, thank you. Because I do say to her a lot, I say, you know, I know we didn't have much money. I know she didn't have a lot of money at all, just having and having to bring us two up. But we had the best upbringing. And I do say that to her. She's always like, oh, really? It's like she doesn't quite believe it. So she gets a bit like, oh, okay, well. Thank you. Sweet. (laughs) A bit embarrassed. (laughs) Dean, if you're listening, you have given the world a wonderful human being in Rochelle. And Rochelle, thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) 